So we should be clear that big tech is not the enemy, but rather the people who are behind it. That's a harsh term, the enemy. It's when people always got upset with Donald Trump. How dare you say the media are the enemy of the people? Well, if you if you if if you lie, if you if you tell stories that aren't true, if you purposefully don't do reporting on subjects that might hurt your favorite candidates, and you purposefully make up stories or don't vet stories that will hurt the candidates you dislike, what's the proper terminology for you then? You'll notice that this is not a screaming, yelling conversation. This is about how you break down what it is that is being said about you, what it is that's being said about your position, how people go through things, ask them in this very logical way. If you want me be, to be someone who says, oh my gosh, these, these liberals and the media folks are just so stupid. That's not going to get you anywhere. You're not going to win a single debate argument with, with, with a friend. And most importantly, you're not going to win anybody who's watching. Very important to remember. That when you're engaged in these conversations, for example, about big tech, for example, about what they've done to Donald Trump, for example, the conversations about shadow banning and the idea that Donald Trump isn't on Twitter, but Ayatollah Khomeini is. Remember very often that when you're in a conversation with somebody, that's not the person you're actually speaking to. The person you're speaking to is somebody who's watching, who isn't emotionally invested in the conversation. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's so good to be with you guys. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY, that is the number. People who are emotionally invested, emotionally invested in the conversation can't often bring themselves to a place to agree. They can't cede a point because their entire existence is wrapped up in proving you wrong or proving how much they believe. In the idea of big tech, though, and these people who run these tech companies, these are indeed bad people. Jack Dorsey of Twitter is a bad guy. It doesn't matter how much money he has. Sundar Pichai of Google has proven himself to be a bad guy. Mark Zuckerberg has proven himself to be a bad guy. And for a while, they're not as bad as the others, but a bad guy. Even uh, uh, Tim Cook, Apple. Well, I like what Apple has done to ensure privacy on their devices. You took Parler down with no good reason. None. That's an ugly move, man. It's an ugly move. These moves have been countered by Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who is so making his run for president by engaging a legacy in Florida. There is nothing that he isn't going to to go after. There is nothing he isn't going to do. Well, as the story now is, he has signed a law cracking down on social media companies, signing a bill that will punish social media platforms that remove conservative ideas from their sites. Now, it's very possible that it might violate the First Amendment and won't be deemed constitutional. Put that to the side just for a moment. Don't worry, we'll get back to it. The law 
allows the states to fine social media companies $250,000 a day if they remove an account of a statewide political candidate and 25000 a day if they remove an account of someone running for a local office. It takes effect on July 1st. So... His argument is that these companies in Silicon Valley are exerting power over our population that really has no precedent in American history. One of their major missions seems to be suppressing ideas. I believe this to be true. I believe that they do have a radical amount of power, and that power needs to be cut. They don't get to decide whether I hear something or not. If some doctor out there wants to have an entire conversation about why you shouldn't get vaccinated, let him. Who am I? Who are you? Who is Twitter to say no? Somebody wants to have a whole conversation about how they hate Jews while they're already allowing that to happen. And that's the Ayatollah Khomeini. That's Louis Farrakhan. Still have Twitter accounts. It's okay. I mean, I don't like it, but I believe in free speech. Now, it's okay with me if we don't allow it in Iran because they don't allow free speech in Iran or they don't allow free speech in China. I don't care if if, if uh, Chinese nationals or Iranian nationals get free speech. I care if Americans get free speech. I got to admit, I would rather those other nations did. But first, they got to get rid of communism in China and they got to get rid of the clerics, the mullahs and the hardliners in Iran. And then you got to rename it uh, and go back to the name of Persia and let these people get into trade. And then I can't wait to visit and drink a little coffee in a cafe. But when this happened and this took place, of course, the politicos, and I'm sorry, the political reporters, they couldn't stop themselves from being political reporters. And Ron DeSantis is out there answering questions. Platforms have become our public square. Uh, Floridians and other Americans go on these platforms to be able to share ideas. Heck, um, you go back to the beginning of these platforms, they actually were very liberating because you had corporate media, those legacy outlets that many Americans grew to distrust, and rightfully so, um, they no longer had the monopoly on information. You could actually go around the legacy media, share information on these platforms, uh, and that was very, very positive for millions of millions of Americans. And actually, it was a a little too positive, and the powers of B didn't like that. And so I think what we've seen in recent years is a shift away from internet platforms, social media platforms, from really being liberating forces to now being enforcers of orthodoxy. And so their primary mission, or one of their major missions, seems to be suppressing ideas that are either inconvenient to the narrative or that which they uh, personally disagree with. And you think about some of the things that are in the news just most recently. The, of the last however many decades, you know, some of the major issues that we've had to deal with, I would say two of the major issues when people look back on this period will be the efficacy of coronavirus lockdowns and the origin of the coronavirus in Wuhan, China. Now we have information that this very well may have emanated from the Wuhan lab. His argument being, why shouldn't we allow these conversations? But I wanted to, I, I had the clip. Let me see if I have it here. Because this reporter is like, are you doing this just to help Trump? Governor, hi. Uh, I want to ask you about the bill that you're signing here today. Um, uh, you're a loyal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Uh, for, uh, Donald Trump is now a resident in Florida, and he was the platform. Is this bill for him? The bill for every day for him is what we 
and allow any Floridians to be able to, uh, to provide uh, what, what they're doing. So, um, but I think, I mean, I do think that's another issue that, that has been brought to bear. When you deplatform the President of the United States, but you let Ayatollah Khomeini talk about I mean, it's a weird question, right? You're doing this just to make Trump happy. Why do you people allow Ayatollah Khomeini to speak, but Trump not? It's important and imperative that we make clear that there is what we refer to as the Yetzer Hurrah and the Yetzer Tov. What is wrong and what is right? If you think it's okay to ban Donald Trump, but not ban Ayatollah Khomeini, who will throw you off of a building if you are gay, there's something wrong with people who are like, yeah, that's fine. Trump, uh, man, the Ayatollah's better. There's something wrong with that person. Why shouldn't we say so? Why shouldn't we as a society say so? I think it's imperative that we say so. And we look at people and be like, how could you think otherwise? You know, I have taken to, when, when people say to me, how could you have voted for Trump? I, I respond, or how could you be supportive of Trump? I respond with, you know, I was so funny. I was just going to ask you the same question. You voted for Joe Biden? My God. How, don't, aren't you disgusted with yourself? Just turn and hit, man. I got to apologize to these people? What are you, nuts? We're not having a discussion of whether or not you liked or didn't like something Trump did. They think that is the, the, the totality of your existence. You live in a world where Trump shouldn't be allowed to speak, but the Ayatollah should. Uh, you don't get to lecture to us. You don't get to lecture to the free and thinking people. You want a story about free and thinking people? This is, a, is an opinion piece over at the New York Times. I want to say again, here's what's allowed. And for the record, I favor these things, even if I find them disgusting. I favor them. Freedom is ugly, and it's the best game going. And sometimes ugly people are allowed to say things. Michelle Goldberg, opinion columnist at the New York Times. The headline, attacks on Jews over Israel are a gift to the right. I I can hear you. (laughs) I can hear you in your car saying, are you blanking kidding me? You look over to the person next to you, they're going to be like, "Did, did I hear that right? Attacks on Jews over Israel are a gift to the right, according to Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times. This is remarkable. Why these apparent hate crimes, like the attack in California, the attacks in New York, these apparent hate crimes are first and foremost a catastrophe for Jewish people in the United States who just endured four years of spiking anti-Semitism that started around the time Republicans nominated Donald Trump in 2016. For the record, my synagogue in Indiana had somebody spray a swastika on it and iron crosses on it and actually wanted to do harm to my rabbi. 
a great, great guy, fantastic uh, rabbi, America's rabbi, as I see it, certainly the key rabbi of central Indiana. The key rabbi of Indiana. Spectacular, spectacular guy. Wanted to attack him. It happens. Anti-Semitism is not going away. But the real anti-Semitism during the four years of Trump came from Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio attacking uh, Orthodox Jews and preventing them from actually living their lives because of COVID. Spying on them at schools and locking up parks. I mean, if you want to talk about where the anti-Semitism was, it didn't, the bigotry didn't come from the South. It came from the Northeast. They always attacked the South, right? Oh, you know, that racist South, because it's still 1952. They will never allow the South to be a better place. They always have to put it down so they can feel good about themselves. It's Northern bullying, by the way, and it's garbage. And the people who promote that, they do that about Indiana all the the time. Yeah, garbage, small people. Really and truly. Not surprising... Not surprising, Lee writes Goldberg, there's been a rush to blame left-wing Democrats like Ilhan Omar, who described Israel airstrikes killing civilians in Gaza as terrorism, for inciting anti-Jewish hostility. If you blamed violent attacks against Asian Americans on Trump calling COVID the Chinese virus, but you can't see how Congresswoman accusing Israel of terrorism might result in Jews being attacked by pro-Palestinian mobs, You either can't think or you have a problem with Jews. This, according to a deputy opinion editor at Newsweek. And Goldberg is is what? Is is saying that that's not a a fine argument? If you're going to say that words incite, well, then words incite. I don't... What's your argument against? It's awful irony, but anti-Semitic violence helps shore up this system by strengthening the taboo against calling it what it is. I get the sense that some people on the left find talking about violence by Palestinian sympathizers embarrassing. But it should be treated as a crisis, both as a matter of basic human solidarity and because it's a political danger. But you're not discussing disagreements about uh, Israel. You're discussing whether or not we can note the anti-Semitism from the political left. The political right isn't looking for a gift in this way. All Americans looking for Hamas should to be over. All Americans should be looking for big tech not to censor people because they don't like their politics. These things should be standards. But nope. We create these insanities around them. With opinions like that from the New York Times, it's no wonder people don't go there because that's not an opinion so much as it is a radical thought. Almost as radical as thinking that Ayatollah Khomeini can talk publicly and the former president of the United States can't. I'm Tony Katz. And now something we can all come together on. We hate homeowners associations. Dude, oh my God. I'm sorry, did I just did I just hit on something there, producer Ari? I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize till I was a homeowner, but yes. They're they're awful. Oh, uh-
They are terrible, and uh, as you all know, all homeowners associations have the same theme song. That's not it. That's not it. Hit that by mistake. Yeah, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. It's a story. Comes out of News Nation now. Marie Riggins bought her home in California in 1986. They, it, it's in Inglewood. They, they've got the house. Gated community. Over the last 10 years, her husband has passed away. She had to file for bankruptcy. And Why? She's 82 and she works as a bookkeeper, but she may lose the house because the HOA says she owes $38,000 in, in, in fees. What? Where's she living? She's in, in this little, in Inglewood in, in California. $38,000? What are the fees? She's like, there's, there's no way I owe 38000 It means I never paid my property dues. Her house is worth a million dollars because it's across from uh, SoFi Stadium. I I think that's where the Galaxy play or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong about that. This is her home. She doesn't want to leave. She's going to stay. But now the home is in foreclosure because of the Homeowners Association. So there is a GoFundMe account that's been set up I guess they're trying to raise $250,000, and they've raised $60,000 so far. So if you look for Ms. Riggins, R-I-G-G-I-N-S, right? That's that's where it is. I I, I don't think, nothing has shown me yet that this is a, a scam. And the Los Angeles County Sheriff may actually place a lockout notice on her door. This is, and by the way, it's a good question. $38,000 in fees over four years? That's nuts, dude. No, it would have to be longer than that. So have they just been not catching them and like, okay, one day we'll screw them out of the house? Does somebody like, ooh, we can get this old woman out and we can, you know, get a good deal? Someone knows someone at the bank? We're going to try and keep up with this story. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today. Ayatollah Khomeini calling for genocide. That's okay with Twitter, by the way. They're totally fine if the leader of Iran wants to kill all the Jews as long as Trump isn't tweeting anything mean. That, that's the win. That's the goal. Good job, Jack Dorsey. You're just absolutely special. Hello. Hey, sir. We were just talking about you. You're just not allowed on Twitter, so uh, we don't hear as much from you. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is good to be with you. This was my my Trump Twitter sounder. Hello. Anytime he tweeted, we we would play that. It's been it's been silent for a while. I just wanted to. Hello. Just wanted to bring that back. 
right there. But the Ayatollah wants to wipe Israel off the map. He wrote a, uh, a, a, a tweet, right? Um, one uh, to uh, a uh, Ismail Haniyeh and one to Zaid uh, Nakala. By the way, Zaid Nakala, a leader of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which was designated a terrorist organization by the U.S., the European Union, United Kingdom, Japan, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Never mind Israel. I receive your letter. The Palestinian Brothers' great victorious jihad pleased your friends across the world. Our hearts are with you in your fight, and we pray for your continuous victories. God's promise is true where he states God will certainly aid those who aid his cause. With God's grace, you will witness the ultimate victory by his power and will. That was just one thing he sent out. The other letter he sent out, or the other tweet he sent out is, I've received your letter where you elaborated on Palestine's recent jihad. Your resistance is resistance against oppression, unbelief, and arrogance, and it brings the Almighty God's pleasure. Your fight against oppression is a manifestation of the verse, if you aid God's cause, he will aid you and strengthen your steps. By God's power, writes the Ayatollah Khomeini, you will be victorious and purify the Holy Land from the contamination of the usurpers. God willing. Oh yes, God God willing. In indeed. It's a call for genocide. I have had people try and argue with me on social media that when you say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, that's not a call for genocide. That's a call for freedom. Even Palestinian Christians say that. It's a it's a call to genocide. I hate to break it to you. Uh, I also have to uh, break it to you uh, that that Israel stays. Israel remains. I mean, it's just, I, I have no other way to describe this to you. I know what your desire is. I know your desire is to kill Jews. I, I get it. I hear you. And you say to me, well, that's not what's happening. Well, let's take a look at what's happening all around the country. Let's take a look at the violent attacks all across the country. They're not going against Israelis. Just so we understand each other. They're going after Jews. So why in the world would we somehow think that this is about Israel? When, of course... That is not the case and has never been the case and will never be the case. We talk about Twitter allowing this. Trump isn't allowed, but you can have this guy. You can have uh, the Ayatollah. He's totally fine. Bethany Mandel, lovely woman, by the way. Uh, she's writing at uh, the New York Post. I don't agree with her on everything, but she's, she's always been very decent to me, and I hope I've been the same. Did you know that Fire Meghan McCain is trending on Twitter? I did not know that Fire Meghan McCain is trending on Twitter. Do we have any reason to understand it? I didn't, I didn't even see the video, and I search her video all the time. I'm searching for content high and low. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. Why in the world are they wanting to fire Meghan McCain from The View? Oh, you know, you know she had to say something, right? What did she do? She said that anti-Semitism is wrong. 
what's happening regarding uh, Jews in America is wrong. Attacks in New York, attacks in Los Angeles. It's just incredible. Oh, here it is. In the fact that she has targeted marginalized communities. If you go up to a table of okay. Jewish people and so, say who's Jewish and attack them, it's a hate crime. I don't think that's conflating. I'm not saying it's being, if you're pro-Palestine, it means you're anti-Semitic. I'm saying what I listed off, which I was very careful to use the examples because I knew that would be the rebuttal. If you go up to a person at a restaurant or throwing off pipe bombs and hitting someone with a yarmulke. And by the way, the man who did that to the Jewish man was let out of jail and then celebrated and said, quote, I do it again. That's a hate crime. And I just wish we could bring that same energy towards hate crimes directed towards Jewish people toward, as we do with every other hey, minority, we bring, which we should. We bring, we we bring, hate, we bring dislike for all hate crimes. I resent that. We just do. And, when you, that, and when you sit, which well, one? I resent a lot of things, so we're even. That we don't bring energy. I mean, I've been talking about anti-Semitism on this show for 25 freaking years. Don't tell me what I'm supposed to be saying, Megan, okay? You do your thing, we you do what ours. You're supposed to say. I know, I'm well aware we do separate things on the show, Joy, okay? And I know you've been here 25 years, I've been here four. That's right. That's right. Well. What's it like for Joy Behar? 25 years on that show and she's still not the star of the show. Oh my goodness gracious. The, the idea of talking about anti-Semitism, I get, becomes, okay, we get it. Okay, we get it. So why does it keep coming up and why is it important to mention? Well, in the same way that you should have a conversation of, of racism when it comes up. The question before us is, should we be creating any special laws? The answer is no. The question before us is, should we be creating any special protections? The answer is also no. But when something comes up, why in the world would you not say it? This is a massive supporter. Um, is it Ahmed, Ahmed Zar? Uh, and uh, he is a huge supporter of Rashida Tlaib. He's a so-called comedian, and he is one of the people who, in Rashida Tlaib's office when she took when she took office, the congresswoman from Michigan, took uh, a post-it note of Palestine on it and put it over Israel on on the map. And he has some advice. Hey, everybody, it's Ahmed. This is a message to all the activists and leaders out there that are condemning anti-Semitism and condemning terrorism right now. Stop it. Stop. You are not helping, all right? You are playing their games. It's a distraction. We've been condemning anti-Semitism for 20, 30, 40 years. If they didn't believe us by now, stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. It doesn't help. Today they took out an ad in the New York Times saying that Gigi and Bella Hadid are in favor of a second Holocaust. Stop it. They're playing games. Don't condemn we have a cross-sectional, intersectional movement that is winning, and they are scared, and they are freaking out. So they're trying to distract you all. Stop it. Stop it. Stay focused. Stay free, free Palestine and nothing else. I love you all. I'm proud of you all. We're winning. Stay focused, and I'll see you soon. Winning, winning what? Winning what? 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 You've got Hamas launching rockets into Israel, Hamas preventing aid from getting into Gaza, Hamas killing Palestinians, 
Right now, you've got the ceasefire. Anthony Blinken is, is there, the Secretary of State. The governor of Indiana happens to be in Israel right now. What, what is it that you're winning? It's a terrorist organization that wants to wipe a country off the face of the map. If you say that you're winning, that's what you're trying to win. But you shouldn't say you shouldn't discuss uh, uh, anti-Semitism or terrorism. No, no, you don't have to condemn these things. You know, you don't have to. You, you, you've done it. If they don't believe you by now. Well, then I, can I stop talking about racism? I mean, if you don't believe me by now, I, I got nothing for you. I, 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 zero. I'm out. I'm out, baby. I'm out. This is incredible. Watching this whole conversation, but but Meghan McCain should be fired. As Bethany Mandel in the New York Post points out, the phrase Hitler was right was posted more than 17,000 times in a one-week span in the month of May. Those people, Hitler was right. That's a little different than I disagree with Israeli policy. This is why it's anti-Semitism. This is why when I discuss the fact that they want Jews dead, of course I'm right. There's only one answer. They have told you, and now you have to ask yourself, do I want Jews dead? And if the answer is no, what are you going to do about it? And what you're going to do is you're going to buy guns and buy ammo. Oh my gosh, Tony, how could you? I have just broken down for you that big tech won't allow Donald Trump to speak about an election he sees as a regular, but thousands of people can write Hitler was right and it's fine. I was told that President Trump, by saying fight like hell, what created an insurrection, incited an insurrection. But I have got people saying don't apologize for anti-Semitism, don't apologize for terrorism, that, they're, that you're winning, I've got 17,000 mentions of Hitler was right on Twitter. You don't think that's a level of incitement? I've got Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Andre Carson of Indianapolis, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, all talking about free Palestine. You don't think that's incitement? Huh. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. I wonder what other words you can replace Hitler with and use the phrase was right. I wonder what other awful moments in history you could put and put was right and whether or not Twitter would accept that. I would much rather be talking about cigars right now. Oh, I could use one. Right? Relax. Because when you're having a cigar, you're relaxed. Have a cigar and, 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 and have a bourbon. Although I did just review uh, the Guinness Nitro Brew Cold Coffee. Oh, it's so good. It's beer. It's coffee. It's 4% alcohol by volume. It's spectacular. Spectacular. You got to try it. Oh, that'd be great. But this is happening in the world, and how do I not discuss it? How do I not share it with you? How do I not ensure you understand every part of this to the best of my ability? And then you got to decide what you do with that information. You got to decide where you're at. You got to decide if you're on a side or not. I can't do that for you. I'm not even here to try. I'm here to just share it the way it is.
The from the river to the sea, that's a call to genocide. The Ayatollah Khomeini, that's a call to genocide. Hitler was right 17,000 times, that's a call to genocide. How many times do they have to tell you before you damn well believe them? I'm Tony Katz. I caught this story over at News Nation Now about the WNBA, and I said, I'm confused. Not by the WNBA. I know people like to make jokes about the WNBA. I'm never going to stop you. Uh, But the story confused me. It's because I I don't play organized sports, and I've never been a coach. But I know that trash talking exists, and I know that things happen in the heat of the moment. I remember during the, uh, the women's NCAA that uh, there was one coach, uh, they were they were heading to the semifinals, and she was pumping up her players, uh, this, this female coach, female players. And so, you know, they, they doubted us, and they didn't, they didn't believe us. You know what? And she sticks up both middle fingers, and she's like, blank those people. And the players went all crazy. And it was caught on camera. People were like, oh, my gosh, how dare you? It's a coach talking to her players. On the college level, it makes perfect sense to me. And I know, Ari, you've done some coaching on the younger level. You would never do that, but but you, you've you done some inspirational talk, right? Oh, I know. I've dropped plenty of F-bombs. Okay. Good. And the coach of the year, producer Ari. So the story goes that the coach of the Connecticut Sun, WNBA, his name is Kurt Miller, has been fined $10,000. He's been suspended for a game by the WNBA for making a disparaging remark to a referee about the weight of a player named Liz Cambage, who's with the Las Vegas Aces. Now, I haven't seen video of this yet. I haven't heard the audio. I've seen it. Have you? Yeah, I mean, it's he's a, he was being a jerk. Okay, so he, what, he, what I see it as is the coach arguing whether a call should have gone the Suns' way told the official that the player weighed 300 pounds. He screamed it so everyone could hear it. Now, was it that she was pushing other people around? The the point was that, you know, she's she's so big that, you know, she's just barreling through everybody and that that's, that's a foul. You know, and she's 300 pounds, so it's even worse. Okay. So he's now apologizing. He made an inappropriate and offensive comment in regard reference to her height and weight. I regret what I said in the heat of the moment. I want to sincerely apologize to Liz and the entire Aces organization. I understand the gravity of my words and have learned from this. My question is, in the heat of the game, hasn't that ever been said before? She said for a coach on another team to be yelling like protected abuse. Because we can't do nothing back. It's just crazy to me. That's what uh, Liz Cambridge said. And she also said, I will never let a man disrespect me. This wasn't a guy on the street who looked at you and said, you're fat. By the way, she's 6'8", 235. Not 300 pounds. She's 6'8". That is tall. But in the game, has anything like that ever been said before? And if you say to me it's different with women, I'm sorry, I thought I was dealing with athletes, and I, therefore I am, I'm totally lost to what I'm supposed to do with this conversation. Is that really your argument? Yeah. Not only is it my argument, it's my only one. I'm only asking what the deal is. 
I don't know anything about organized sports. I don't know how coaches are. I don't know how these things are done. Has this ever happened before? I have a curiosity to understanding it. Because, no, I don't apply the same rules that might exist in civil society to athletics that has trash talking all the time. There is no precedent for a coach ever talking trash about another team's player publicly. But this was during the game, and the coach is trying to make a, a case. It was a bad choice of words, man. Like, it, 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 it was not cool. I got to hear it. You got to find them for me. I, I got to hear it myself. Because maybe context matters in this case. Maybe when you hear it, you're like, oh. Not having an expertise in organized sports, I'm curious. Very much so. Maybe you're right, Ari. This is Tony Katz today.